episode 32 dynamic wit comedy podcast thanks for listening i know it's been a few weeks this episode goes over the 10 minute mark but i'm making up for some lost time and i had some things to say things that are still weighing on me hope you enjoy it welcome to the dynamic wit comedy show holy balls It has taken us a while to get to episode 32, but we're finally doing it. Apparently, I needed some sort of break because I just had nothing. I had nothing to say. But I do now had some thoughts, and maybe this provides some information or some inspiration. Most of all, let's just hope something in this episode makes you chuckle. So here we go. Uh, Let's start with a question. When you hear... The word creed, C-R-E-E-D, what do you think of? Creed. If I say creed, what do you think of? Do you think of the Rocky movies? Do you think of the Creed movies, which are an extension of the Rocky movies? Do you think of Scott Stapp singing on the roof of the Rio in Las Vegas? I'll tell you what I think about when I think of the word creed. I... Think of the word don't. Don't creed. Don't be a creed. Don't make a creed. Don't play creed. Don't even listen to creed. And most of all, and I mean most of all, don't be like a creed. Because basically, from my experience with the word creed, there's not a lot of positive that comes from it. And I know what you're thinking, but what about the Rocky movies? And this, Okay, that's fine. They're fine movies. I enjoy all of them. But we're going to get to that in a minute as to why you don't want to be like that creed ever. Or either. Not ever. Just either. There are good aspects of all the creeds. But a lot of annoying bad habits about them as well. So let's let's talk about creeds in our life. Let's start with the band. Look, I have no right, no right at all to criticize a band that made it as high as the band Creed. They made it to the top of the charts at one point and they did it through hard work. They played their own instruments. They wrote their own music. Credit where credit is due. And like them or hate them, their songs are catchy as hell. Yes, when my wife found out she was pregnant and when I found out she was pregnant with both my kids that she had I sat there in the back of my mind and I was absolutely singing with arms wide open I really only have one gripe with the band Creed and that is that Scott Staff Scott Staff Scott Strap what's his name I said it earlier in the episode Scott Stapp That's what it is. Scott Stapp sounds like there's an R in every word he says. Listen to it. Listen to it. In in his song, uh, Higher, Can You Take Me Higher? Listen to that lyric. Listen, just listen to that lyric. Whatever you want to call it. Listen, just listen. You'll hear it. There is one R. In that entire lyric. Yet when Scott Staff sings it, there is 17 R's. Can you take me 
absolutely fix that. They're not the only guilty ones. A lot of 90 ba- 90s bands did it. But today is not about Hootie and the Blowfish. Today is about Creed's. All right. Let's move on to Creed from the Rocky movie. When it comes to Apollo Creed, there's a lot of good things to say. He was the heavyweight champ. He, he gave uh, no-name Italian stallion from the streets, Rocky, a chance to fight him. And he did, which launched Rocky into some fame and fortune. He was classy at the end of both fights. The one where he won by decision and the one where he lost by knockout, he, he handled both with class. And when Rocky was down in Rocky three, he built Rocky back up and got him back onto the top and was able to beat Clubber Lang. And quite possibly, Apollo Creed had the greatest Afro-mustache combination I have ever seen. It was so good that when it comes to Afro-mustache combinations, if we were to do a Mount Rushmore of Afro-mustache combinations, it would be Apollo Creed, Richard Pryor, Joe Jackson, yes, that Joe Jackson, and then it would be Apollo Creed again. He would be two of the four. But what, what was Creed's downfall? Well, he didn't know how to step away. He wanted the light and the glory. He wanted to beat the Russian. He told Rocky not to throw in the towel, knowing darn well Rocky was going to do whatever Apollo said to do or not to do. Never mind he had a wife and kids. He was just willing to die because he couldn't accept the fact that it was over. And he died right there on the mat. Which brings us to the Creed movies when we find out that whole time he was in the glory days... He had an illegitimate son with a side chick. He was having an affair the whole time. He was a loud, confident American icon, and he was a self-absorbed, cheating bastard who didn't listen to anyone, even if they were telling him the right thing. So let's cross that creed off the list. And let's talk about one more type of creed, which is the worst type of creed, because this one actually gets a little personal to me and probably to any comedian anywhere. So don't do comedy if you don't do comedy. That was a soundbite from comedian Chris D'Elia. That was back in 2017 on the 11th episode of his podcast, which is called Congratulations. Uh, which is a funny podcast. I know he's had his troubles, but uh, I absolutely love his podcast. Um, Yeah, makes me laugh. But that was him essentially talking about uh, entitlement, talking about, you know, you can't just post a picture, a video of yourself singing on Instagram and call yourself a singer. You haven't done the work. Same thing with comedy. Don't do comedy if you don't do comedy. That's exactly what he was trying to say. Um, and so that's where I kind of want to go start on kind of the theme of this section of the Ballad of Creed episode of this podcast. Um, so hopefully you're still listening because here we go. Um, one thing I cannot stand is entitlement and trust me, I can't stand it because I see in my life where I've acted entitled and I have entitlement thoughts. I'm guilty of it. 
But I especially get bothered when I see a new comedian acting entitled or acting like he's made it. I don't care what your definition of made it is. You haven't made it in stand-up comedy if you're still in St. George, Utah. I have not made it as a stand-up comedian. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to make it as a stand-up comedian because I'm not going to be moving to New York or LA. I'm not going to be trying to tour around the country for 38 weeks a year. I don't have the time or the energy for it. I love my wife and kids way too much to spend that much time away from them. And I love where I'm at in comedy. I love what I've accomplished in my journey with stand-up and I love the goals that I still have and plan to accomplish with climbing this comedic ladder. But understand, I'm most self-aware of where I'm at. I understand I am in no way an expert on stand-up comedy. I have not made it and like I said, I'm not going to. I love being out on a hike and someone recognizes me and says, hey, aren't you a stand-up comedian? I love being recognized as a stand-up comedian. But let me emphasize two things. The first aspect is I understand, again, emphasizing this point, that I have not made it as a stand-up comedian. And because of that, I am owed nothing. But the second point I need to point out is that whatever success I have had as a comedian... I have damn well earned every inch. I have bombed and bombed and bombed again. And because I've bombed so much, I've learned how to succeed. A few years ago, there was a person here in Southern Utah who reached out to me wanting to try his foot at stand-up comedy. And Electric Comedy was putting on an open mic event in the which I was going to be headlining, but there was going to be 15 open micers before me, before I went on stage. And the winner of the open mic, whoever had the best set, which would be voted on by the audience, would we would receive a $100 cash prize. And a couple days before the open mic, this person, who I don't want to say his name, but let's just call him, oh, I don't know, Creed, which may or may not be his real name. I don't know. But he decided a few days before he was going to drop out and not do it. And then with some positive encouragement from myself and some of his friends and the director of Electric Comedy, Val DeRoe, he decided he would commit and finally do it. And lo and behold, he won the grand prize. He won the $100 at the competition, and I was proud of him, and I was happy for him because I am happy and proud for anyone who has the balls to get up on that stage. But as time went on, winning that competition proved to be the worst thing that ever happened to him because he became entitled. He ended up winning like two or three more competitions after that. And he started giving advice to comedians who had been doing it way longer and working a lot harder than he had been. And you know what the worst part is? He won these competitions, which were voted on by the crowd. And he had loaded his friends and family in the crowd. He had stacked the deck. It didn't matter who else was on stage. Dave Chappelle could have been on stage and Creed still would have won because he had planted his friends there. And I'm not speaking out of jealousy. I don't give a rat's ass about those competitions. What I get upset about is that he was doing that. And then he would be condescending to other aspiring comedians who were busting their asses at open mics every week. And when something uh, didn't go his way with electric comedy, 
He wrote like this five-page email in the which he called the director of Electric Comedy a bitch like six times. In the which he also decided to state over and over again how good at comedy he was. Hey, if you get pulled over, don't get out. You don't get out of the ticket because you keep telling the cop how good your driving record is. Let your driving record speak for itself. If you're yelling at someone about how funny you are, guess what? You're not funny. And giving advice to other comedians who are busting their butt and learning their own craft week after week, that's actually the funniest thing you've ever done. Oh, you think you're the shit because you've won three open mics and and these are open mics in which you stacked the crowd to vote for you? You think you're good because you've done three open mics? That you're God's gift to comedy? Dude, you're at an open mic in St. George, Utah. That's church ball. Everyone's allowed to play. Don't put that on your resume. You know why? That don't impress me much. It doesn't impress me. It doesn't impress Shania Twain. And it certainly isn't going to impress anyone that matters in comedy. You don't get to call yourself a comedian after three open mics. You don't get to give advice. You don't get to critique other performers. And most of all, you do not get to talk disrespectfully to the people in charge of giving you stage time. Don't go to an open mic and post a picture of it on your social media and call yourself a comedian. Go to several open mics over the span of many years, learn how to build your craft, learn how to bomb, learn how to fix bombing, and then, and only then, do you get to to refer to yourself as a stand-up comedian after you've paid your dues. They say it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. You've done eight minutes combined. Go ahead and move to Scottsdale Creed where you've proclaimed you're going to make it as a big stand-up comedian and the next time we'll see you is on a billboard. Hey, bud, haven't heard from you since. Doing okay? All right. That's another Moral High Horse episode. Again, I'm not speaking as a comedian. I'm speaking as someone who's worked really hard and gets upset when I see someone else trying to take a shortcut up the mountain. The point of all this, again, going back to the beginning, don't be a creed. There's just nothing that good that can come out of it.